Book Four, Part Three of the History of Britain by John Milton. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Thomas Copeland. In the year seven hundred and thirty-three, on the eighteenth day of the calends of September, was an eclipse of the sun about the third hour of day, obscuring almost his whole orb as with a black shield. Ethelbald king of mercia besieged and took the castle or town of somerton and two years after note post christ 735 return to text beda our historian died some say the year before kelwolf in northumberland three years after note post christ 738 return to text became a monk in lindisfarne Yet none of the severest, for he brought those monks from milk and water to wine and ale, in which doctrine, no doubt, they were soon docile, and well might, for Kelwulf brought with him good provision, great treasure and revenues of land, recited by Simeon, yet all under pretense of following, I use the author's words, poor Christ, by voluntary poverty. No marvel, then, if such applause were given by monkish writers to kings turning monks, and much cunning perhaps used to allure them. To Edbert, his uncle's son, he left the kingdom, whose brother Eckbert, Archbishop of York, built a library there. But two years after, note, post-Christ 740, return to text, while Edbert was busied in war against the Picts, Ethelbald, the Mercian, by foul fraud, assaulted part of Northumberland in his absence, as the supplement to Beda's epitome records. In the kingdom of the West Saxons, Edelard, who succeeded Ina, having been much molested in the beginning of his reign with the rebellion of Oswald as kinsman, who contended with him for the right of succession, overcoming at last those troubles, died in peace in the year 741, leaving Cuthred, one of the same lineage, to succeed him, who at first had much war with Ethelbald the Mercian, and various success, but joining with him in a league two years after, note post-Christ 743, return to text, made war on the Welsh, over whom Huntingdon doubts not to give them a great victory. And Simeon reports another battle fought between Britons and Picts in the year ensuing. Now was the kingdom of the East Saxons drawing to a period. For Sidjard and Senfred, the son of Sebi, Having reigned a while, and after them, young Offa, who soon quitted his kingdom to go to Rome with Kenred, as hath been said, the government was conferred on Selred, son of Sigbert the Good, who, having ruled thirty-eight years, came to a violent death. Note, post-Christ 746, return to text. How or wherefore is not set down. After whom, Swithred was the last king, driven out by Eckbert, the West Saxon. But London, with the countries adjacent, obeyed the Mercians, till they also were dissolved. Cuthred had now reigned about nine years, note, post-Christ 748, returned to text, when Kenric, his son, a valiant young prince, was in a military tumult slain by his own soldiers. The same year, Edbert, dying in Kent, his brother Edelbert reigned in his stead. But after two years, note, post-Christ 750, return to text, 
the other Edbert in Northumberland, whose war with the Picts hath been above mentioned, made now such progress there as to subdue Kyle, so saith the Octary of Bede, and other counties thereabout, to his dominion, while Cuthred the West Saxon had a fight with Ethelhun, one of his nobles. Note, post-Christ, 752, return to text. A stout warrior, envied by him in some matter of the commonwealth, as far as by the Latin of Ethelward can be understood, others interpreted sedition, and with much ado overcoming, took Ethelhun for his valour into favour, by whom faithfully served in the twelfth or thirteenth of his reign, he encountered in a set battle with Ethelbald the Mercian at Beorford, now Burford, in Oxfordshire. One year after, note, post-Christ 753, return to text, against the Welsh, which was the last but one of his life. Huntingdon, as his manner is to comment upon the annal text, makes a terrible description of that fight between Cuthred and Ethelbald and the prowess of Ethelhun at Beorford, but so affectedly and therefore suspiciously that I hold it not worth rehearsal. And both in that and the latter conflict he gives victory to Cuthred, after whom Sigbert, it is uncertain by what right, as his kinsman, saith Florent, stepped into the throne, whom, hated for his cruelty and other evil doings, Kenwulf, joining with most of the nobility, dispossessed of all his dominions but Hampshire. That province he lost also within a year, note post-Christ 755, return to text, together with the love of all those who till then remained his adherents, by slaying Cumbran, one of his chief captains, who for a long time had faithfully served, and now dissuaded him from incensing the people by such tyrannical practices. Thence, flying for safety into Andrew's wood, forsaken of all, he was at length slain by the swineherd of Cumbran in revenge of his master, and Kinwolf, who had an undoubted right to the crown, was joyfully saluted king. The next year, note, post-Christ 756, return to text, Edberth the Northumbrian, joining forces with Unast, king of the Picts, as Simeon writes, besieged and took by surrender the city of Altuith, now Dunbritton and Lennox, from the Britons of Cumberland, and ten days after the whole army perished about Newongberg, but to tell us how he forgets. In Mercia, Ethelbald was slain at a place called Secandun, now Seckington, in Warwickshire, the year following, note, post-Christ 757, returned to text, in a bloody fight against Cuthred, as Huntingdon surmises. But Cuthred was dead two or three years before. Others write him to have been murdered in the night by his own guard, and the treason, as some say, of Beorred, who succeeded him. But ere many months was defeated and slain by Arthur. Yet Ethelbald seems not without cause, after a long and prosperous reign, to have fallen by a violent death, which seems to have been the consequence of his having ventured, on the vain confidence of his many alms, to commit uncleanness with consecrated nuns, besides laic adulteries, as the Archbishop of Mentz in letter taxes him, and his predecessor, and that by his example most of his peers did the like. 
which adulterous doings, he foretold him, were likely to produce a slothful offspring, good for nothing but to be the ruin of that kingdom, as it fell out not long after. The next year, note, post-Christ 758, Osmond, according to Florence, ruling the South Saxons, and Swithred the East, Edbert in Northumberland, following the steps of his predecessor, got him into a monk's hood, which seems the more to be wondered at, as he had reigned worthily twenty-one years, with the love and high estimation of all, both at home and abroad, and was still able to govern, and was much entreated by the kings, his neighbours, not to lay down his charge, with an offer on that condition to yield up to him part of their own dominions. But he could not be moved from his resolution, and accordingly relinquished his regal office to Oswulf, his son, who at the year's end, though without just cause, was slain by his own servants. Note, post-Christ 759, return to text. And the year after died Ethelbert, son of Victred, the second of that name in Kent. After Oswulf, Ethelwald, otherwise called Molo, was set up king, who in his third year, note, post-Christ 762, return to text, at a great battle at Eldune by Melrose, slew Oswin, a great lord, rebelling, and gained the victory. But the third year after, note, post-Christ 765, return to text, fell by the treachery of Alcred, who assumed his place. The fourth year after which, note, post-Christ 769, return to text, Cataracta, an ancient and fair city in Yorkshire, was burnt by Arned, a certain tyrant, who the same year came to a like end. And after five years more, note, post-Christ 774, return to text, Alcred the king, deposed and forsaken by all his people, flew with a few first to Beba, a strong city of those parts, and thence to Kinnot, king of the Picts. Ethelred, the son of Molo, was crowned in his stead. Meanwhile, Offa, the Mercian, growing powerful, had subdued a neighboring people who are by Simeon called Hastings, and fought successfully this year with Ulric, king of Kent, at a place called Auchenford. The annals also speak of wondrous serpents then seen in Sussex. Nor had Kinwolf the West Saxon given small proof of his valor in several battles against the Welsh heretofore, but this year, 775, Meeting with Offa at a place called Bessington was put to the worse, and Offa won the town for which they contended. In Northumberland, note post-Christ 78, seek, doubtless for 778, return to text. Ethelred, having caused three of his nobles, Aldof, Kinwolf, and Ecca, treacherously to be slain by two other peers, was himself the next year driven into banishment, Elfold, the son of Oswald, succeeding in his place. Yet this succession also was followed by civil broils, for in his second year, note, post-Christ 780, return to text, Osbald and Athelherd, two noblemen, raising forces against him, routed Byrne, his general, and pursuing, burned him at a place called Selitune. I am sensible how wearisome it may likely be to read of so many bare and reasonless actions, so many names of kings one after another, acting little more than mute persons in a scene, 
what would it be to have inserted the long beadroll of archbishops bishops abbots abbesses and their doings neither to religion profitable nor to morality swelling my authors each to a voluminous body by me studiously omitted and left as their property who have a mind to write the ecclesiastical matters of those ages neither do i care to wrinkle the smoothness of history with rugged names of places unknown better harped at in camden and other choreographers six years therefore passed over in silence as holy of such argument bring us note post christ 786 return to text to relate next the unfortunate end of kinwolf the west saxon who, having laudably reigned about thirty-one years, yet suspecting that Kiniard, brother of Sidbert the former king, intended to usurp the crown after his decease, or revenge his brother's expulsion, had commanded him into banishment. But he, lurking here and there on the borders with a small company, having had intelligence that Kinwolf was in the country thereabout, at Morantum, or Merton, in Surrey, at the house of a woman whom he loved, went by night and beset the place. Kinwolf, overconfident either of his royal presence or personal valour, issuing forth with a few about him, runs fiercely at Kinyard and wounds him sore, but by his followers hemmed in is killed among them. The report of so great an accident soon running to a place not far off, where many more attendants awaited the king's return, Osric and Wyvert, two earls, hasted with a great number to the house, where Kinyard and his fellows yet remained. He, seeing himself surrounded, with fair words and promises of great gifts, attempted to appease them. But those being rejected with disdain, fights it out to the last, and is slain with all but one or two of his retinue, which were nigh a hundred. Kinwolf was succeeded by Berthric, being both descended from Curdic, the founder of that kingdom. Not better was the end of Elfwald in Northumberland two years after, slain miserably by the conspiracy of Sigyn, one of his nobles, or as others say, of the whole people, at Silchester by the Roman wall. Yet undeservedly, as his sepulchre at Hagustald, now Hexham upon Tyne, and some miracles there said to be done are alleged to witness, and Sigyn, five years after, laid violent hands on himself. Osred, son of Alcred, advanced into the room of Elfwald, and within one year driven out, left his seat vacant to Ethelred, son of Molo, who, after ten years' banishment, imprisonment, saith Alcuin, had the scepter put again into his hand. Note, post-Christ 789, return to text. The third year of Berthric, king of the west saxons gave beginning from abroad to a new and fatal revolution of calamity on this land for three danish ships the first that had been seen here of that nation arriving in the west to visit these as was supposed foreign merchants the king's gatherer of customs taking horse from dorchester found them to be spies and enemies for being commanded to come and give account of their lading at the king's custom house they slew him and all that came with him as an earnest of the many slaughters rapines and hostilities which they returned not long after to commit over all the island 
of this Danish first arrival, and on a sudden worse than hostile aggression, the Danish history far otherwise relates, as if their landing had been at the mouth of the Humber, and their spoilful march far into the country, though soon repelled by the inhabitants, they hasted back as fast to their ships. But from what cause, what reason of state, what authority or public council the invasion proceeded, it makes not mention. And it excites our wonder yet the more by telling us that Siegfried, then king of Denmark and long after, was a man studious more of peace and quiet than of warlike matters. These, therefore, seem rather to have been some wanderers at sea, who, with public commission or without, through love of spoil or hatred of Christianity, seeking booties on any land of Christians, came by chance or weather on this shore. The next year, note, post-Christ 790, return to text, Osred in Northumberland, who, driven out by his nobles, had given place to Ethelred, was taken and forcibly shaved a monk at York. And the year after, note, post-Christ 791, return to text, Oilf and Oilfwin, sons of Elfwald, formerly king, were drawn by fair promises from the principal church of York, and after, by command of Ethelred, cruelly put to death at one Waldremere, a village by the great pool in Lancashire. Nor was the third year less bloody, note, post-Christ 792, return to text. For Osred, who, not liking a shaven crown, had desired banishment, and obtained it, returning from the Isle of Man with small forces at the secret but deceitful call of certain nobles, who by oath had promised to assist him, were also taken, and by Ethelred dealt with in the same manner, who, the better to avouch his cruelties, thereupon married Elfled, the daughter of Offa, for in Offa was found as little faith as mercy. He, the same year, having drawn to his palace Ethelbright, king of the East Angles, with fair invitations to marry his daughter, caused him to be there inhospitably beheaded, and his kingdom wrongfully seized by the wicked counsel of his wife, saith Matthew of Westminster, annexing thereto a long and unlikely tale, for which violence and bloodshed to make atonement, with friars at least, he bestows the relics of St. Alban in a shrine of pearl and gold. Far worse it fared the next year with the relics in Lindisfarne, where the Danes landing pillaged that monastery, and the friars killed some and carried away others captive, sparing neither priest nor layman, which many strange thunders and fiery dragons, with other impressions in the air seen frequently before, were judged to foresignify. This year, Alric, third son of Victred, ended in Kent his long reign of thirty-four years. With him ended the race of Hengist. Thenceforth, whomsoever wealthful faction advanced, took on him the name and state of a king. The Saxon annals of 784 named Eilmund, then reigning in Kent, but that consists not with the time of Alric and I find him nowhere else mentioned. The year following, note, post-Christ 794, return to text, was remarkable for the death of Offa the Mercian, a strenuous and subtle king. 
he had much intercourse with charles the great at first in enmity to the interdicting of commerce on either side at length in much amity and firm league as appears by the letter of charles himself yet extant procured by alcuin a learned and prudent man though a monk whom the kings of england in those days had sent orator into france to maintain good correspondence between them and charles the great he granted saith huntingdon a perpetual tribute to the pope out of every house in his kingdom for yielding perhaps to translate the primacy of canterbury to lichfield in his own dominion he drew a trench of wondrous length between mercia and the british confines from sea to sea Eckforth, the son of offa a prince of great hope who also had been crowned nine years before his father's decease restoring to the church what his father had seized on yet within four months by a sickness ended his reign and to kenulf next in the right of the same progeny bequeathed his kingdom meanwhile the danish pirates who still wasted northumberland venturing on shore to spoil another monastery at the mouth of the river don were assailed by the english and their chief captains slain on the place then returning to sea were most of them shipwrecked others driven again on shore were put all to the sword simeon attributes this their punishment to the power of st cudbert offended with them for the rifling his convent two years after this died ethelred note post christ seven ninety six return to text twice king but not exempted at last from the fate of many of his predecessors being miserably slain by his people some say deservedly as not unconscious with them who trained osred to his ruin osbald a nobleman exalted to the throne and in less than a month deserted and expelled was forced to fly from lindisfarne by sea to the pictish king and died an abbot Eardulf, whom Ethelred six years before had commanded to be put to death at Ripon before the Abbey Gate, dead, as was supposed, and with solemn dirge carried into the church, and yet after midnight found there alive, I mean not how, then banished, now recalled, was in York created king. In Kent, Ethelbert, or Pren, whom the annals call Edbright, so different they often are from one another both in timing and in naming by some means having usurped regal power after two years reign contending with kenolf the mercian was by him taken prisoner and soon after out of pious commiseration let go but not being received of his own what became of him malmesbury leaves in doubt the simeon writes that kenolf commanded to put out his eyes and lop off his hands but whether the sentence were executed or not is left much in doubt by his want of expression the second year after this they in northumberland who had conspired against ethelred note post christ seven ninety eight returned to text now also raising war against eardulf under wada their chief captain after much havoc on either side at longhoe near whaley in lancashire the conspirators at last flying Eardulf returned with victory. The same year London, with a great multitude of her inhabitants, by a sudden fire was consumed. The year 800 made way for great alteration in England, uniting her seven kingdoms into one, by Eckbert, the famous West Saxon. Him, Berthric, dying childless, left next to reign, 
the only survivor of that lineage descended from Inigild, the brother of King Ino. And, according to his birth liberally bred, he began early from his youth to give signal hopes of more than ordinary worth growing up in him, which Berthric fearing, and with all his juster title to the crown, secretly sought his life, and Eckbert perceiving, fled to Offa, the Mercian. But he, having married Edberg, his daughter, to Berthric, easily gave ear to his ambassadors, coming to require Eckbert. He, again put to his shifts, escaped thence into France, but after three years' banishment there, which perhaps contributed much to his education, Charles the Great then reigning, he was called over by the public voice, for Berthric was newly dead, and, with general applause, created king of the West Saxons. The same day, Ethelmund at Kinnersford, passing over with the Worcestershire men, was met by Walestun, another nobleman, with those of Wiltshire, between whom happened a great fray wherein the Wiltshire men overcame, but both dukes were slain, and no reason of their quarrel was assigned. Such bickerings to recount met often in these our writers. What more worth is it than to chronicle the wars of kites or crows flocking and fighting in the air? The year following, note, post-Christ 801, return to text. Eardulf, the Northumbrian, leading forth an army against Kenwulf, the Mercian, for harboring certain of his enemies, by the diligent mediation of other princes and prelates, arms were laid aside, and amity soon sworn between them. But Eadburga, the wife of Berthric, a woman every way wicked, in malice especially cruel, could not, or cared not to, appease the general hatred justly conceived against her, having been accustomed in her husband's day to accuse any whom she spited, and not prevailing to his ruin, her practice was, by poison, secretly to contrive his death. It fortuned that the king, her husband, lighting on a cup which she had tempered, not for him, but for one of his great favorites, whom she could not harm by accusing, sipped thereof only, and, in a while after, still pining away, ended his days. The favorite, drinking deeper, found speedier its fatal effect. She, fearing to be questioned for these acts, fled over sea, with what treasure she had, to Charles the Great, whom, with rich gifts coming to his presence, the emperor courtly received with this pleasant proposal. Choose, Edberga, which of us two thou wilt, me or my son, for his son stood near him, to be thy husband. She, no dissembler of what she liked best, made easy answer. Were it in my choice, I should choose of the two your son, rather, as the younger man, to whom the emperor, between jest and earnest, hadst thou chosen me, I had bestowed on thee my son. But since thou hast chosen him, thou shalt have neither him nor me. Nevertheless, he assigned her a rich monastery to dwell in as abbess, for that life it may seem she chose next to profess, but being a while after detected of unchastity with one of her followers, she was commanded to depart thence, and from that time wandering poorly up and down with one servant, in Pavia, a city in Italy, she finished at last in beggary her shameful life. In the year 805, 
Cuthred, whom Kenneth the Mercian had, instead of Prenn, made king in Kent, having obscurely reigned eight years, deceased. In Northumberland, Eardulf, the year following, was driven out of his realm by Alfwold, note, post-Christ 806, return to text, who reigned two years in his room, after whom Indred, son of Eardulf, reigned thirty-three years. But I see not how this can stand with the sequel of story out of better authors, much less that which Buchanan relates the year following, note post-Christ 808, returned text, of Achaeus, king of Scots, who, having reigned thirty-two years and dying in 809, had formerly aided, but in what year of his reign he tells not, Hungus, king of the Picts, with ten thousand Scots against Athelstan, a Saxon, or Englishman, who was then wasting the Pictish borders. That Hungus, by the aid of those Scots, and help of St. Andrew their patron, in a vision by night, and the appearance of his cross by day, routed the astonished English and slew Athelstan in fight. Who this Athelstan was, I believe no man knows, Buchanan supposes him to have been some Danish commander on whom King Alured or Alfred had bestowed Northumberland. But of this I find no footstep in our ancient writers, and if any such thing were done in the time of Alfred, it must be little less than a hundred years after. This Athelstan, therefore, and this great overthrow, seems rather to have been the fancy of some legend than any warrantable record. Meanwhile, note post-Christ 813, return to text, Eckbert, having with much prudence, justice, and clemency, a work of more than one year, established his kingdom and himself in the affections of his people, turns his first enterprise against the Britons, both them of Cornwall and those beyond Severn, subduing both. In Mercia, Kenneth, the sixth year after, note, post-Christ 819, returned text, having reigned with great praise of his religious mind and virtues, both in peace and war, deceased. His son, Kenelm, a child of seven years, was committed to the care of his elder sister, Quendred, who, with a female ambition aspiring to the crown, hired one who had the charge of his nurture to murder him, led into a woody place upon pretense of hunting. The murder, as is reported, was miraculously revealed, but to tell how, by a dove dropping a written note on the altar at Rome, is a long story, told, though out of order, by Malmesbury, and under the year 821 by Matthew of Westminster, where I leave it to be sought by such as are more credulous than I wish my readers to be. Only the note was to this purpose. Lo, in a mead of kine under a thorn, of head bereft, lies poor Kenelm, king-born. Caelwulf, the brother of Kenelf, after one year's reign, was driven out by one Bernolf, an usurper. Note, post-Christ 820, return to text, who, in his third year, is uncertain whether invading or invaded, was by Eckbert, though with great loss on both sides, overthrown, and put to flight at Ellen Dune, or Wilton. 
yet malmesbury accounts this battle to have been fought in eight hundred and six a wide difference but frequently found in their computations Bernulf thence retiring to the east angles as part of his dominion by the late seizure of offa was by them met in the field and slain but they doubting what the mercians might do in revenge hereof forthwith yielded themselves both king and people to the sovereignty of Egbert. as for the kings of the east angles our annals mention them not since ethelwald him succeeded his brother's sons as we find in malmesbury adolf a good king well acquainted with bede and elwold who left the kingdom to bjorn and he to ethelred the father of Ethelbright, whom Offa perviteously put to death. Simeon and Hoveden, in the year 749, write that Elfwold, king of the East Angles, dying, Humbiana and Albert shared the kingdom between them. But where to insert this among the former successions is not easy, nor much material to determine. After Ethelbright, none is named as king of that kingdom, till they are submitting now to Ecbert. He, from this victory against Bernolf, sent part of his army under Ethelwulf his son, with Alston, Bishop of Sherborne, and Wolford, a chief commander, into Kent, who, finding Baldred there reigning in his eighteenth year, overcame and drove him over the Thames. Whereupon all Kent, Surrey, Sussex, and lastly Essex, with their king Swithrid, became subject to the dominion of Egbert. Neither were these all his exploits of this year. The first in order set down in the Saxon annals being his fight against the Devonshire Welsh at a place called Gaffelford, now Camelford in Cornwall. Lucaden, the Mercian, after two years preparing to avenge Bernulf, his kinsman on the East Angles, was by them, with his five consuls, as the annals call them, surprised and put to the sword, and Withlaf, his successor, first vanquished, then, upon submission, with all Mercia, made tributary to Egbert. Meanwhile, the Northumbrian kingdom of itself was fallen to shivers. Their kings, one after another, so often slain by the people, no man daring, though never so ambitious, to take up the scepter, which many had found so hot, the only effectual cure of ambition that I have read, for the space of thirty-three years after the death of Ethelred, son of Molo, as Malmesbury writes, there was no king, and many noblemen and prelates had fled the country, which misrule among them the Danes, having understood, oft times from their ships entering far into the land, infested those parts with wide depopulation, wasting towns, churches, and monasteries, for the Danes were as yet heathens. The Lent, before whose coming, on the north side of St. Peter's Church in York, it was seen from the roof to rain blood. The causes of these calamities and the ruin of that kingdom, Alcuin, a learned monk living in those days, attributes in several epistles, and well may, to the general ignorance and decay of learning which crept in among them after the death of Beda and of Ecbert the archbishop, their neglect of breeding up youth in the scriptures, the spruce and gay apparel of their priests and nuns, discovering their vain and wanton minds. Examples are also read even in Beda's days of their wanton deeds. Thence altars defiled with perjuries, cloisters violated with adulteries, the land polluted with the blood of their princes, civil dissensions among the people, and finally 
all the same vices which Gildas alleged of old to have ruined the Britons. In this estate, Eckbert, who had now conquered all the south, finding them in the year 827, for he was marched thither with an army to complete his conquest of the whole island, no wonder if they submitted themselves to the yoke without resistance, Indrid, their king, becoming tributary. Thence, turning his forces the year following, note post-Christ 828, return to text, he subdued more thoroughly what remained of North Wales. End of the fourth book of The History of Britain by John Milton Recording by Thomas Copeland